Charles Stanley Radio. The latest economic updates, insights and conversations with finance industry experts. Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from Charles Stanley. My name is Gary White and as ever I'm joined by John Redwood, our Chief Global Economist. We're around the tragic anniversary of uh, the invasion of Ukraine 12 months ago and there's no end in sight really to the situation. So let's talk about what's going on at the moment. John, NATO, what's going on there? Welcome to the podcast. As you say, Gary, it's a very sad anniversary and our hearts go out to all those who've lost loved ones or who've been injured in the fighting and the massive destruction of buildings and economic activity in Ukraine is a shock to everyone. But we do need to assess the risks and to work out what that is going to do for the world as a whole and for the economies as they seek to go forward. By all means, let's start with NATO. As we've seen, the leader of NATO, President Biden, United States makes the biggest contribution to NATO, arriving himself in the capital city of Ukraine and, and making a powerful speech. Uh, he said that he would stick with Ukraine for as long as it takes and he would offer all the support that America can offer. But we need to remember and be grateful for the fact that NATO has been very constrained in what it's been prepared to do because NATO does not want a NATO-Russian war. That would be too dreadful to imagine with all the power both sides have. And NATO has therefore stuck to a couple of crucial rules. The first rule is that no NATO personnel are allowed to go to Ukraine and get involved in the fighting. And the second rule is that the weapons supplied to the Ukrainian forces cannot be deployed into Russian territory outside Ukraine. And they stuck to that. And I think it has reassured Putin. Indeed, I think now Putin provokes the West because he is fairly confident that he's not facing a NATO war. But he is, of course, pretty frustrated that he's facing a much better Ukrainian defense force than he expected, getting an increasingly good supply of sophisticated weapons. Of course, yeah, it's a very difficult position for Mr. Putin now. So what next? I mean, what do you think the thoughts in Moscow are? Well, I think Moscow is, first of all, trying to shore up its Chinese alliance and get more, more support from China, as China's been bit cautious and reluctant seeing how badly the invasion is going. And I think he's also trying to reassure his home population because this isn't a universally popular war uh, in Russia, although the aims may well be fairly universally popular. There are many Russians who think like Putin, that they think Ukraine should be properly part of Russia as it was once part of the Soviet Union. And some of them may even believe Putin's rhetoric, which is to say that NATO provoked this and that they are oppressing uh, Russian-inclined people in Ukraine and he wanted to send in an army of liberation. But not many other people see it like that. And of course, the more brutal and unsuccessful the invasion is, the more the Russian sympathizers in eastern Ukraine lose sympathy with Russia. Uh, because whilst they may, on a good day more than a year ago, said they had some sympathy with Russia, uh, not so many of them are going to have sympathy now when they've seen what, what Russia has done to them. So I think uh, Putin is is engaged in a big shoring up operation for local opinion. Uh, he's also got to say something for the, the limited number of pro-Russian people uh, in the Donbass area to the southeast of Ukraine he's trying to appeal to. 
uh, against this brutal background of, of too much violence and, and too little success. And there appears to be a sort of shift in opinion in Beijing on the situation. Yes, I think China has, has gone through at least one and maybe now a second important shift. The, the first shift uh, occurred shortly after the invasion. So I dare say President Xi had been reassured by Putin that although he's going to send in a lot of tanks, uh, Putin expected the, the government to fall. He expected a puppet regime to be installed. He expected uh, his troops to be welcome in some parts of Ukraine because he was being told that there was pro-Russian sympathy. Uh, and none of it worked out like that. So I think China um, decided to distance themselves rather more from, from their ally. Because you, you may remember that uh, before the invasion, there were the Winter Olympics, and China clearly said, we want to complete our Winter Olympics before you go blundering into Ukraine. Uh, but she did appear with Putin, and they showed great solidarity and friendship with each other. After the invasion miscarried, China said, well, we, we think there should be a negotiated peace, and we, China, would be very happy to help create a negotiated peace. And China denied that they were supplying weapons to Ukraine. What we may now be witnessing, because there's been a diplomatic flurry this week, uh, is some softening of Chinese attitudes towards the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, and perhaps they now wish to give Russia a bit more support. Because she sees all of this through the, the prism of his position vis-a-vis -vis Taiwan. And the, the bungled Russian invasion of Ukraine, I think, makes it even more unlikely that there will be an early Chinese invasion of Taiwan, because what the invasion of Ukraine has taught him is that the West isn't a pushover, and it will go to the help of countries in distress. Uh, and indeed, President Biden has gone further and, and has implied, contrary to an ambiguous American policy, that America would become militarily involved in Taiwan were the island to be threatened. So she is now trying to work out how he can uh, get Russia out of Ukraine without complete humiliation, I think. And that may extend to a little bit of more support for Ukraine than the West would like. So that's the situation. But as investors, we have to take a step back from this and, and look at the implications of all these things that are going on. So what are the implications? or as the people who manage money? Well, I think the the investors were all shocked. We, we were all shocked by the events of February 2022, and it was damaging to economies and markets as well as being chronically damaging to people living in Ukraine. Whereas I think now markets will say, we don't think it's going to get worse. It's still dreadful for the people living in Ukraine. Uh, but there's some sign of the worst problems that created being eased. The, the energy position is sorting itself out in Europe as they reorient where they buy the gas and other energy from. Uh, there's a bit of food trade going on now, which had been very disrupted in the early stages of the war. Uh, and I think the markets will continue to believe NATO, uh, that there won't be a NATO-Russian war, which would obviously be dreadful. Uh, so I think the background is unpleasant for Ukraine, but it's not getting worse for markets. So markets can think about other things and markets can be grateful that there is a bit more trade and a bit more stability around the world than there was a year ago. Stephen, thanks, John. Our sympathies to everyone in Ukraine and it really is quite a tragic situation. It's very difficult to see this unfolding. Yes, indeed. Uh, and that's 
oh, I think most of us will feel that this week is not an anniversary we wanted to have to remember, but nor can we say to people it, it's about to end. We, we still don't be any, seem to be anywhere near the two sides feeling that it'd be better to sit down and negotiate. Both sides feel that they could still get some military advantage out of this continuing conflict, and, and we all have to live with it. Okay, Steve, but thank you very much, John. Fascinating as ever. Uh, thanks for, for listening, and I hope you join us on our next podcast. Charles Stanley Radio. Subscribe today to be kept up to date with our latest releases. To find out more, visit charles-stanley.co.uk forward slash charles-stanley-radio. The value of investments can fall as well as rise. Investors may get less back than invested. Past performance is not a reliable guide to the future.